Welcome to Writing Kids TV, a bold new world of opportunities, a fan expo panel brought to you by the Writers Guild of Canada. Some of Canada's top writers for Kids TV are here, hanging out with all the pop culture junkies, gamers, and Uber fans they could cram into the Metro Toronto Convention Centre. We've got Amy Benham, Nicole Demers, Doug Hatters, and Kyle Muir, as well as moderator Ben Joseph. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Ben Joseph here. I'm going to moderate this bad boy. Uh, at the end, we have Kyle Muir. You may recognize him from such shows as Detention Airs, Terrific Trucks, which is a, a Sprout uh, show coming up in maybe next year, I think, and Inspector yeah, Gadget, which would be on uh, season two, will be on Netflix, That's I right. imagine. Uh, Nicole Demers is right next to me. I don't know why I'm out, out of order here. <laughs> She's doing uh, Game On, a live action uh, sitcom on YTV with Samantha B. On the Daily Show, she's doing "Forget About It." Uh, forget about it. The uh, nine-story Teletoon late-night animated sitcom, and Camp Lake Bottom, uh, another nine-story show on uh, Teletoon. It's an animated kids show for ages six to eleven. Uh, Doug Doug Hatters over there, a great writer, uh, has written on many shows. Almost Naked Animals, I guess he gave me the credit for. Sidekick. Inspector Gadget, and you're doing a show called The Becky and Bagel. Bagel. Becky Bagel. I wasn't on it. Thanks for hiring me, Doug, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Call whatever you want. Uh, what's, when's it on, Doug? What's, uh, uh, it's going to be on uh, in the summer. All right. T- Teletoon. Cool. And Amy Benham is right here. We were in the reboot room together last week. Uh, she has written on Odd Squad, which is one of the best shows uh, going on. Damn, I bought one Psycho. And uh, reboot, and you did some others. You did yeah, done millions of other stuff. But uh, so I just talk about quickly talk about the purpose of this panel. Uh, we have a couple of reasons. One to help people who want to write animation understand the business a little, because it's a little daunting when you tell your parents like, "Hey, I want to be an animation writer," and you're like, "Oh, let's see, you don't know what you want to do." Uh, do two, we could maybe get into this if you have an idea for a kids show or something, uh, how to make it or what steps to do or what not to do. Uh, three, maybe you just uh, want to be a writer on some great shows like Gravity Falls or Wander Over Yonder or something, and how do I do that? Or uh, 4D, you just want to talk to people who write and pick their minds for information and uh, whatever. So we're trying to give you all the information we can do in 45 minutes. So I'm going to do the first topic is... So you want to be an animation writer or how to disappoint your family in <laughs> one easy step. <laughs> so it's really hard to uh, do that. So uh, Kyle, why don't you talk about maybe uh, like where did you go to school? Did that help you break into the industry where you went to school? Yes. Okay. So there's a, yeah, everybody has a different way to get in. But, Kyle, uh, the mic. Mike, Mike, Mike. Oh, Mike. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So how did I get into it? I didn't actually start trying to get an animation. I just wanted to be a film screenwriter, and that didn't work out. Uh, so, but I got into the place called the Canadian Film Center, which really helped me advance my career, and that sort of started things for me. I didn't. I was like comedy. I'm more of a comedy guy. I think that sort of helped me in animation. That's all I seem to work in these days, and I love it. But um, so I sort of had a roundabout way of getting into it. I went to various film schools, but then once I got into the Canadian Film Center, that sort of jump start my career. And, uh, yeah, I think my first job was actually in animation. It was a kid's, sort of a kid's uh, adult hybrid show called uh, What It's Like Being Alone on CBC. It was a stop-motion 
animated show. Um, and from there, I just kept working. I, I got on a bunch of sitcoms, and uh, and now I've sort of come full circle and back to kids' animation again. So, yeah. Doug, so, do you have a similar, like, did school help you break in? I don't think that mic's in? working, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Oh, it is right. <laughs> <laughs> he just likes your voice, man. Is the radio guy. Good morning. It's 15 minutes past the hour and minus. I fucking know. Um, Stay on target, Wedge. <laughs> uh, yeah, I took the Humber uh, uh, comedy course here back in 2000 and uh, then the film and television production course at Humber as well afterwards. And did it, did it land me a job? No. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to write spec scripts and have it looked at by professional writers. And so you learn a lot of the things that you shouldn't do, you know, like screwing with the formatting. And just, <laughs> you know, uh, just it was just a really nice uh, training ground. And, uh, and then what did, I, what did I first land? It was, it, this, this will be an awful thing to hear, but I, it was two years before getting out of school and I landed my first job. But on the upside, during those two years, uh, my writing partner and I worked our asses off. We wrote multiple um, half hours, um, movies, everything that just sort of gave us a good foundation and it just kept us writing, 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 writing. And so then when we landed our first job, which was Digata Defenders and Gerald McBoing Boing. I wrote on both those. (laughs) Exactly. At the same time, uh, we never look back. We've been writing solid ever, ever since. Uh, if you guys want a spec script, is like uh, a sample script that you would write of a show, possibly on the air. Probably like right now, if you wrote a Modern Family spec script, you would write it not under the idea that it's going to get made, but just show off your writing talents and stuff. We'll get into that in a sec. Uh, Amy, how did school help you, if it did or not? It did. Um, I went to Ryerson for radio and TV, and um, an executive from Chorus came to talk to us in a similar panel-type situation, and I cornered her after and was like, I would love an internship. And then uh, they gave me a job because the internship program was too difficult for them. Um, and I worked at an animation studio in production for five years before I broke into writing. Um, and what that did, very similarly, was gave me access to scripts, people to pitch to. Uh, I did a ton of reading. And then when I was when I was ready, I moved into writing. Nicole, same question. Not at all. No. <laughs> I actually did marine biology, so... I had had nothing to do with writing at all, and uh, biggest regrets is that I didn't write Finding Nemo in Spongebob. But anyway, that's (laughs) another conversation. Um, I uh, did a year of science journalism after school, uh, after university, and hated it. I just kept wanting to make things up, and, you know, obviously you can't do that in journalism. Well, I guess if you work for Fox, but generally speaking, (laughs) they don't like that. Um, So I I landed this job in in television television journalism in Ottawa. No offense to anyone who's from Ottawa, but I hated it. I was like (laughs) 21 and living in Ottawa, and I just couldn't wait to get out of there. And the Canadian Film Centre started their uh, primetime television resident program. So I had no social life in Ottawa, no friends, (laughs) nothing to do on weekends. So I just spent my weekends writing this spec script, and it was called interest it's uh, so much about this business is luck and timing uh, unfortunately uh it's good and bad um and it was called interns and it was about uh four different interns like a medical intern a political intern a 
television intern. It was God, it was so bad. But <laughs> the film center, one of the shows they were writing was about interns in Ottawa. And there was a lot of journalists, journalists on the show, so they were like, oh my God, she's perfect. <laughs> so that's how I got in. And, and um, like Kyle, programs like that are great because they open up so many doors and uh, everyone there wanted to write our dramas. And, and I looked around the room and there was like 15 people who all wanted the one job on our dramas. And I had like massive student loans. So I said, well, I can't rely on the odds in this case. And at that point, Nelvana had like 30 shows in development, or in production rather. Um, so I, you know, just kept hitting up people at Nelvana and meeting story editors and taking people for coffee and until finally someone allowed me to pitch and then I worked my butt off and I think I did like 50 pitches for this show. <laughs> finally the story <laughs> editor was just like, okay enough, I'll give you one. <laughs> and you know, I just kept inundating them. So bothering people. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, but, yeah. Respect, yeah. but respectfully bothering them. Like yeah. I didn't, you know, you don't want to be a pain. Uh, let's go on. That's good answers, everybody. Uh, we're going to talk about spec scripts for a sec, because we just we touched on it. A spec script is a sample script that you would write to showcase your ability. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on the type of spec scripts people breaking into the industry right now? Say you came out of college or whatever. What mm. what type of shows would you write, or uh, depending on the genre, I guess? But yeah, well, it depends, right? I mean, if, you're, if you're in comedy, comedy, uh, you. I mean, there's there's two ways of looking at it right now. Like you hear a lot of talk about people just wanting to see original specs. So original original spec could really sort of hammer home your voice and who you are as a writer. Original spec is your original work that you've written. So it's a half hour, one hour animated. Uh, that's what I tend to do these days. I actually haven't written a spec script in a couple of years. Uh, I used to have a bunch. I used to have a SpongeBob one. Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They're, they're a good idea. I think ultimately, I think you should have both. I think you should have you should spec a show, an existing show that you really like, that you're familiar with, and you should have your own original spec that shows off your voice and your talent. Ultimately, I think. Yeah. Doug, your thoughts? Doug, you you do a lot of hiring too, Doug. When you're running a show, when you have a writer, what type of specs do you like to see? Well. It, the types of spec that I like to see are the ones that are directly related to the show that I'm hiring for. Um, and it's, you know, luckily it's a pretty dominant uh, genre right now. It's boys, you know, 8 to 11, squash and stretch, stupid. Um, so there's a lot of examples of those types of shows out there, and so that's what I like to see. But if you're going to write a spec, my, my opinion or my suggestion would be that write what you like. First and foremost, if it's if it's sitcom or if it's one-hour drama or if it's uh, animation, just write what you like because that's the stuff that you're going to put joy into, right? And uh, uh, I would say that that's what you're then going to be most successful at, hopefully. But that being said, you roll the dice. Who knows how the hell you're going to get into the industry? It's the same thing with me. I had I had written we had, Adam and I had written. Uh, a bunch of sample work for like everything except animation. It never even actually occurred to us to do animation. And then the same thing, uh, Nelvana had an open call for anyone to submit show ideas. So we submitted our stuff to Jocelyn Hamilton. And uh, she like, and she actually took us to dinner, uh, to lunch. That was amazing. And she, she says, and I love this thing uh, that you've created. And, uh, you know, we're not going to make it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, would you like to be put up for other shows? 
And we said, yeah. <laughs> and so then they did. But, I mean, just as far as spec scripts go, write what you like. Write what you have fun. Otherwise, it's just work. And if it's just work, yeah. don't bother. Yeah. Amy, you have some thoughts on spec scripts? For I totally agree with Doug. Um, write something you love. Yes. <laughs> and uh, write something that's on TV right now. Don't write something that's 20 years old. Like if you love Star Trek The Next Generation like I do, don't write that one. Because <laughs> um, you want something that feels fresh and modern and shows your voice in the best possible way. Um, you, can, you also can't write for each show you want to be on. Like you're probably, like spec scripts take so much time and energy. Um, write what you love. Find something you love that you think you can tell an interesting story on. Like if you think you can tell an interesting Gravity Falls, do it. Um, and, and originals too. Originals are amazing. Uh, if you're just breaking in, I think you probably need a spec like of a show as well as an original. Like having an original, having a spec of a show that exists will probably get your original read. And I think that would, you know, that's the way I would do it. Uh, Nicole? Um, yeah, no, I concur with everything um, the panelists said. I think uh, the tricky thing when you're first breaking into the industry is uh, there's different categories. There's like 11-minute boys action adventure. There's um, late-night animated primetime comedy. There's, you know, then you have all the live-action stuff. You have live-action kids. You have tween sitcoms. You have teen melodramas. You know, you have so many different... Genre, and then you have the adult stuff like dramas and comedies and the one thing that I find new writers make the mistake of like well, I just met with one recently and she was writing an adventure time and she said oh I'm gonna I'm gonna use this for everything and I and I said well, you can try but like you know if you submit that to a CTV primetime comedy there's no way they're gonna read an adventure time like you're not even gonna get eyeballs on it so uh, when you're first starting out unfortunately like the more you can write and the more diversity you have in your portfolio the better it's just gonna open more doors like if you only have Adventure Time and Gravity Falls, uh, that's going to get you 11-minute animated work if they're really good. But, you know, if you have a primetime comedy, if you have a sci-fi dra drama hour, like, the more diversity in your portfolio, the better. So, unfortunately, when you're first starting out, just keep keep writing. Like, don't stop. Mm -hmm. I think none fine. Of go, sorry. None, of, none of it goes to waste. Right. Yeah. It'll never go to waste. Even the, the stories that you write or the jokes that you write, you will use those again somewhere if they they don't sit there dead in that spec script that'll never get bought because uh, it can't be almost legally I think actually hmm. um, uh, it just never goes to waste I mean we we uh, Adam and I uh, we have this set of characters called Kyle and Eric that have made it into every single development project that we've done and just because they're they're actually Adam and I it's actually Adam and I. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, you write your specs, and, and the more specs that you write or the more scripts that you write, you just get better at it. Yeah. It's a muscle, right? And so I wouldn't shy away from, from thinking that um, having just one script, like you, like you were saying, that will sort of serve as a bunch of shows because it, it really won't. Like, not only will it not get read, the email will just get deleted. <laughs> It'll just be gone. Like, if you, you just kind of have to know who you're targeting. And then send something specific. I think uh, the Canadian industry, which I'm speaking of specifically, like you don't get a no, you just don't hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. Radio silence. Uh, my advice, too, is uh, most people in Canada, the broadcasters hate their own TV shows. So don't do a Canadian show. Like, don't do like a Nunchucks or, a, you know, Camp Lake Bottom, but do a Gravity Falls because they'd be like, oh, that show's good. You know, like they, yeah, yeah. they, they have a weird self-loathing yeah. thing about our own shows. So but I always tell don't write a Canadian show because people don't want to read 
a Canadian show. They'd rather read a... Also, when you're doing a spec, like, watch that show and you have to study it. You have yeah. to, like, watch a show, like, ten times and then plot out, like, what on page... How many pages... Like, how long, how long is Act 1? How long is Act 2? How long is Act 3? How many jokes per scene? Like, how many scenes do they have? So you know the formula of that show. Like, you really need to go to school on that show. You can't just be like, I know it's Two and a Half Men. I know how to write a Two and a Half Men. No, you got to know, like what happens and, and make sure that, that you don't write an episode that already exists right like you want to write like as if you're writing for the show and you're pitching something that would actually get produced even though it never will because if you write something that's already been produced it's like <laughs> and it's, 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 it's going to happen yeah. though it's going to happen nine times out of ten that the idea that you have for your spec gets sort of done on a show or, or another show and then you just can't be like oh screw like at least you're on the right track yeah. Right? At least you know the show and also it teaches you how to write. Yeah. Like yeah. you like how do they do it differently than how I did it and yeah. how did they do it really well as yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my script. Yeah. Oh that's how a pro would do it. Oh, but you better. might not be able to use it. Like I, I had a script submitted to me when I was staffing on a show and uh and I knew the show and and it, it, whether they might have written it before. Like it, they might you know, giving them credit, they might have written it two years before. But I'm reading it going okay it just seems like you just transcribe the episode <laughs> like you know you get into that weird so if you ha- if, it, if i've written specs before where, where the show has trumped me and then i just can't use it well also if you're if you're let's say okay as an example we have uh inspector gadget we mm-hmm. we're working on this season i worked on last season um if you want to get on inspector gadget don't write an inspector gadget as the sample, right? Because you're about to give them a sample of the show that those writers right now, or the story editors, currently know really, really well. So any mistakes that you make in it, it's going to be so glaring. Uh, so you'll just want to avoid that. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, the next topic. Uh, let's say I've got an awesome idea for an animated TV show. Right, because some people here have an awesome idea for a show, or you wrote a little book, you self-published. Which you we won't steal at all. We won't steal. We're totally steal. But like, <laughs> right? Just tell, pitch some ideas down, you guys. Uh, what should you do first, Kyle? Like, if you had, like, what would your advice be to someone who's maybe in, out of school and they're like, I've got it. Me and my friends have this great idea. We, you know, he's an artist or whatever, and we drew an idea. What would you, what would you say to them? Yeah, well, it's tricky when you're coming out of nowhere. It's really tough. I mean, you already know that, but um, there's you network, go to certain events where people hang out. Like, there's a thing called Ink Drinks Canada on Facebook where there's writers. I haven't been there for a while. Have you guys been there? But that's always a good spot to go and talk to other writers. You can just have a beer with them. But it's hard. I mean, you want to, you could get a web series going, get interest on, get some traction on the web. That's worked before for people. Getting network deals. Uh, if you get views, you can go to. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. You want to help me with this one, Doug? Like, yeah, I, first places opinion, to go. Mike, uh, Doug, the mic. Mike, it up. Yeah. My opinion is is persistence. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Like, you can go on to IMDb and look up all the existing shows and find out who the producers are or what the production company is on all these places and now you know that that production company makes that animated series and I've got an animated series that kind of feels like it could match that show or be played before or after that show. I know that that production company makes that show so I now can get in. Every production company's got a development person uh, or development officer or whatever they're called and um, uh, it's their job to find the next big hit and to be honest they actually do want 
they will look at your stuff. They will. If you're persistent, you get it in there. It's in the right format. It's in a non-offensive email with punctuation and capitalization. Um, be sober when you're. It'd be sober, you pricks. <laughs> yes. I'm yeah. gonna. Can I? I want to second that. If you're a writer, then have punctuation and spelling down. <laughs> I, I tell you, I recommended a writer. This is. I'll even. I won't say who. Say I, who. I, say, I, 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 I recommended a writer to uh, to a series to a story editor. And I just introduced them, and it's like, okay, now you guys talk and so on. A couple months later, uh, I ended up talking to the story editor and said, how did it go with this writer? And he says, you know what? i got to be perfectly honest. I didn't really think I was that kind of guy but uh, to be really stickler for details. But this guy, this writer, emailed him and didn't use any capitals or punctuation in the email. And... The, the story editor's like, I, just, I didn't think I would ever care about that. But then it occurred to me, this guy's writing, or he's applying for a writing position, yeah. and he didn't use part of the tools right. uh, of being a writer. So I see, he said, I kind of just ignored his email, and that was the end of that. And so yeah. it, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Yeah. Six, that was the answer to the question. <laughs> yeah. Six. Six. Amy, do you have some thoughts about... Uh, Whatever we were talking about just now. I digress. <laughs> I totally forgot what the hell we were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, my first thing would be to study the format and then make it yourself. Um, I, I think that's probably, like, going to production companies is an amazing way to, like, do everything Doug You said. totally disagree, though. I, uh, I you just, totally disagree. I think they Bring it. <laughs> um, I think it's hard to get noticed if you haven't done a lot of the legwork yourself. And... Um, and I think school is a great way to get noticed coming out of school. But if you're coming out of it cold or from a different uh, path, um, writing a one-page or a pilot of your thing, I think, is probably a pretty good way to get noticed. There's also, like, and there's a lot of resources, like Ink Drinks, uh, Women in Animation is really awesome. Mm, yeah, that's another one. And it's open to dudes, too. Like, totally uh, welcoming. We're just supporting women in animation, but everyone can support women in animation. Dudes, like, super inclusive. Um, and there are on you Facebook. You aren't allowed to speak <laughs> or, or make eye contact. They have to wear all white. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nicole, I concur with all of this. I think you know, digital um, web like web series is a great way if you have the capacity to do that to uh, get views because then you can go into a broadcaster and say like, look, I you know, got a million hits or whatever. Um, but I think if you can't go that way, and I'm not an animator, I'm just a writer. So um, I think it's really important to get some credits. And I know that's really the catch-22 is, you know, you, you have to get some credits. You have to establish yourself, hopefully get an agent, which requires, again, some credits. Um, and then, you know, uh, God, I've been doing, I've written for like 45 shows and I still, I've had tons of development deals. I've never gotten one of my shows in production. Someday, <laughs> I, I hope. Um, I, I, I have, what you see, hell? I've ran other people's shows um, yeah. that I didn't create, uh, but I've never gotten my own show that I created in production. So it's really tough. Um, and I think, you know, uh, you just, you just keep 
to just keep doing it. And, yeah. you know, it, basically, this is the funny thing. Our, our, people always joke about, oh, you're going to steal my idea. You're going to steal my idea. Never worry. Ooh, I'm flipping my pen. Never worry about someone like us stealing your idea. It's not going to happen because it's ideas really are a dime a dozen. Not to say that you don't have good ideas, but it's execution. It's like, can you execute? Can you run a show for five years, 100 episodes, make them fresh, make them what people want to watch? Uh, it's all in the execution and the only way you can prove execution is by having credits and you know by being part of the industry and by knowing people and building your repertoire and so um, people buy shows based on execution like yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and as far as as far as fear of, of losing your idea the I this the that just sounds like so much work to steal <laughs> to steal somebody's idea and then deal with the potential fallout drama that comes with it. Like, there's exactly. so much built-in yeah. drama anyways. Like, I get exhausted even just thinking about taking <laughs> exactly. somebody's idea. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, of course, I get, I'm exhausted right now <laughs> yeah. after, for saying that. So. Um, and, like, the elevator pitch that you give to someone, like, yeah. like, if you just stood up and were like, my idea is, like, your intern's idea. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in this room would do it differently, though. Right, like, exactly. I thought that was an amazing yeah, idea. Totally and I was like, that's yeah. that and is the, la- cool. the last thing you want to do at this stage is keep your work from being seen. Like, yeah. yeah. You, you want to get right. your work out there. That's the most exactly. important thing. And you know if you have an idea, if you could write a log line, like a one-sentence summary of your show if you go like hey what's your show about oh it's about space guys and then they go to asteroids and then they and then and then like you're like what's the one line like don't yeah. bore like if you don't if you in your head can't figure out what's the one sentence of what your show is about then you don't have a show probably yeah. and if you can't explain it to someone in one sentence then you got to go back and make sure you can explain it to someone then that's the really the most important thing that young writers don't really they write like a page and you're like well i don't want to read a page just tell me you have Tarantino in an elevator. You got yeah. ten seconds. Tell them what your lot, you know, what your pitch is, and usually people can't. Yeah. And it's a, it's a skill. It's like economy of words or whatever they say. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. what do you think, you guys, uh, Kyle? Do you think if yeah. you're doing an animated show, Mike, yeah. uh, do you and you're pitching it, do you need art? For um. It? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I've always written like I'm developing a show right now that doesn't have it has some art. But I'm not really responsible for, so I don't know. I don't. That's the, the answer to the question. I, I, I. If I write a Bible for a show, I don't have any art in it, usually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it couldn't hurt. It a, couldn't bi- hurt. a Bible for everyone. Is a Bible, a, it's sorry, not like, yeah, it's not a, like like a hotel room Bible, but yeah. like a <laughs> like, <laughs> really religious. It's stuff. a it's a document that you write about your show, so it would be about. What's your show about? Who are the characters? What are the settings? Uh, what's the tone of it? And some sample episode ideas. So it's certainly it, like a lot of the ones I come across on shows I work on, all a lot of them do have art. I mean, for example, the Inspector Gadget one has a ton of art in it. So uh, probably, yeah, probably if you're coming up with something, I, I would I would say that it would it'll help. It'll really help. No, I'll tell you, it is a lot easier to dangle a picture in front of a producer than it is to take a thick word document and dangle it in front of them and have the same a picture will give them a wow factor that's just immediate they'll be able to generate their own image of what the show should be should be a picture speaks you know at least eight or ten words um and uh so if you can hook yourself up especially starting out like i don't need we don't if you're established enough you don't need it because then you just give them the one pager and 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 it'll go from there. But starting out, I recommend that you find someone to draw some pictures. Mm-hmm. I I 
that would be my take on it, just especially if you're starting out. It just there's no better way to get the information across than with a picture. It's fast is fast, anyways. It's easier these days for an artist to get a show option than a writer to get an option. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they'll option network will option a show based on its art and then they'll hire the writer to make the and show. Then and then they'll hire us, yeah. Yeah, and then they won't get the credit created by credit could be you, like, no, they created could, it. They drew could it. Could you make this into a show now? Yeah. <laughs> we get that we get that a lot. Yeah. So uh, Amy, you have any thoughts on the art uh, development? I don't think it's necessary. I think it will definitely help um, if you have like a cool, if you do art, if you have a cool artist you want to work with. Amazing. That said, I don't think it's necessary. And I think, but what you have to do is make it sort of leap off the page then. So you have to have your character, your characters have to be fun and exciting or whatever, wherever your tone is. Like for animation, fun and exciting. Um, the tone has to be really crisp and clear, like, uh, and it has to. You have to be able to like the one page that you submit, um, or the first page of your um, Bible, or the first page of your uh, spec has to be so leap off the page great um, with it, like, because it has to work harder if it's just a page of text. But totally do it without art if you don't have an artist. Don't stop writing if you don't have an artist. Don't don't draw it yourself. Probably. <laughs> don't draw it. Don't draw it. Your, yeah. yeah. Also, don't draw it yourself. <laughs> if it's not good, don't send it with bad. Don't art. don't yeah. send in SpongeBob pictures if you're like it's kind of like this. <laughs> also, I'm uh, sorry for a pitch, but for a ditch document, sometimes if you they want to see a two pager or a five pager, you know, five's probably the standard what people like to read. Yeah. These days, Nicole, any thoughts uh, on uh, art yeah. or pitch Bibles? Uh, I mean, I concur with what um, everyone was saying, and Amy included, although I'm just going to take a slightly different tack. I think if it's a live action, a kid's show, then no, you probably don't, you know, <laughs> you I mean, like, you don't want yeah. art, you, maybe a cool show logo or something, but, you know, because yeah. it's, a, it's a visual medium. So I think anything that, you know, appeals to the visual side of it is, is going to help you. So I would respectfully disagree that I think for animated animation, um, if you know some artists, you know trade favors right at the beginning maybe you know an animator and like maybe you can help them with the writing and they can help you with some you know I mean it's it's a lot of money I get it um, to to hire an animator but I really think it helps if you're doing animation specifically get a lawyer get a a good lawyer Uh, anyway that's a good point actually get a a lawyer that's a really excellent point you know what Uh, protect yourself too like I it's going to cost a little bit money up front, but if you work with someone, get some sort of uh, an agreement in place because the way life works is if you work with someone and you don't have an agreement, like i.e. what the animator is going to get if the show goes, you know, if they're going to be able to be the director on the show, which probably they won't. Uh, you need something legal in writing because as li- you know, life tells us all the time that that's the show that's going to get picked up. <laughs> and then there's yeah. going to be someone who's going to yeah. come back at you and be like, I created that. I drew all that. So, you know. It'll tear friendships apart too, really. Uh, anyway, we we got just go for questions. You got anyone have any questions about stuff? We'll answer anything you want, really. Yeah. In my opinion, it just needs to be relevant. Like the material that you submit, like if like if they're looking for, let's say Nelvana is looking for open submissions again, 
uh, and they want an original piece and they want a, a spec. Um, if it's wide open, then you if that is kind of wide open what you can when you can send in. But if you know that they're looking for boys eight to eleven squash and stretch, squash and stretch just meaning that it's fantastical and they can literally squash and stretch and blow up characters without them actually being damaged. Um, anyways, but if they're looking specifically for that, well, then you want to try and get as, as close to that as possible. You don't want to send them a community script, right? Um, so you just want to be as close as you can uh, in the time that you have, you know? I mean, if, if, if it's a month away, well, then write something, you know? But if it's Friday, give it your best shot. Go with what you got, baby. Yeah, and the tricky the tricky thing about the tricky thing about specs too is to make sure you have something that's around, like Doug's saying, relevant. It's still on the air, you know. That maybe he's got a couple seasons left in it too. That so Benny wanna, that Benny Hill spec script yeah. isn't working. Yeah. What's that? That Benny Hill spec script. The Benny Hill really, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's, so it's a little old. It's a little old. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. You might get some. Uh, but yeah, so trying to find something that's popular, trying to find something that has some longevity to it. Uh, something that you know really well, so at least you can use it for a few years. That's, a, that's the other thing, because otherwise you end up writing them constantly. Right? Cool. It's it's heart it's a heartbreaking reality. This has happened. To, I mean, a couple of years ago, my agent bugged me for a new spec, and I wrote it up all night, which lasted two seasons, right? And yeah. and like literally, I watch. We sometimes as writers, I don't know if you you know you watch the upfronts and you're like, oh god, please renew that show, you know, because you're like, otherwise you have to start over from scratch. Because the reality is, if the show's not on the air anymore. No matter how that's good it is, it, yeah. that's pretty much it. So yeah, yeah you, you want to, you, you absolutely want to keep your spec scripts um, up to date. But that's a good thing you could do an original spec, you know, uh, of your show. Uh, harder, I think, harder generally to to do it really well. Um, but it's great because it shows your voice and it'll never go out of date. So sometimes I, I heard of a spec where somebody wrote a. NCIS slash Dexter mashup spec script. And it's actually, it sounds like a cool idea. Like, that's like very memorable. Like, someone's like, somebody mashed up, you know. That's pretty cool. Uh, Amy, you have anything, thoughts on that? Or should we. If you know, sorry, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, If you know what you want to do and you think that you can get there by showing two different sides of the same equation, like, if you know, like, I love sci fi and I love animation. And so if I wanted to do, like, um, uh, half hour um like half hour sci-fi animated um original and write a uh oh rocket monkeys is a bad example reboot a Re- reboot yeah a reboot would be uh like the the new one that'll be on tv in like 2018 two years, two years. um but uh your but like that would be like good like two thing or if there's um if there's a uh, a live action show that is something that you'd love to like live action kids is something that you'd love to do and there's an animated that has something in common with it some intersection i would try to vary it in that way like related that can show your skills so to answer your question if you just got to know the demo of what they're looking for right whatever if it's It's if it's the demographic at least yeah yeah, you gotta just hit like if you know it's for global and they're looking for a prime time then you know it's going to be a little older and a little grittier maybe if it's for ytv you gotta know it's for you know, six to twelve year olds with no swearing or you know a lot of dancing and stuff. So, just got to know your audience, right? And I think sometimes, as writers up here, everybody gets typecast into a particular uh, genre. So maybe that's also beneficial. You're like, oh, I need the genre girl, or I need the 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 girls, the girls, you know, preschool girl, or whatever, whatever, you know, yeah, whatever. Like people get typecast into being experts, and that kind of helps you. But actually, can I comment on that? 
Yeah. I mean, you know, even up here, I don't know if I speak for myself and the panel, but we get typecast, right? I mean, I wrote, I wrote Degrassi for years. I wrote teen, tween stuff for years. And I got typecast as that. Go to Nicole for that. Um, but, you know, it's just beholden on, we, like, I still have to do it. If I, say, hypothetically wanted to apply for a job on Orphan Black, like, they're not going to take my word that I can write an Orphan Black. I have to actually write an Orphan Black and show them, right? So even at my level of seniority, like, yeah. well, if you want to break out of that, you know, that typecasting, you can. It's in your power. You just have to sh- prove it. It's hard, though. <laughs> it's a oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Definitely, yeah. I think it can be beneficial, too. Like, in my case, I wrote a lot of, uh, like, half-hour sitcoms here. And then, you know, if you're lucky, Canada makes, like, two or three of them every year. So it's tough. They're tough to get on them. But I find these days, are, you know, if you if you have a sense of humor and you like comedy, there's a lot of work in kids' animation. It's really quite helpful to be to have some comedic chops for that line of work because it's – so it can be a good thing, too, to be typecast. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, buying my ha- bought my house. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other uh, questions out there? Yeah, we'll go over here. Yeah, um, if you're writing a spec for something that's still on the air, is there any way to get a hold of the series Bible, or is that a closely guarded secret that you can really get when you're? I it's like it's there's some around on, yeah. online. Yeah, you can find stuff anything yeah. online. And when I was in school at Ryerson. Back in the day, we had to write a spec for a show, and we had to actually write a letter to the production company asking for a spec in the Bible, and they yeah. mailed it to me. You know, so I'm pretty so sure if you know the, pr- over by yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> three months later, but you could just you, there, everything's available, all the information's available online. Who the production company is, who the writers are, you could just it's or you know you could find stuff out. And oh, sorry, go, 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 no, no, no. There's also um, oh God, Simply Scripts um, has a lot of. Um, a lot of scripts for popular TV shows, which is like even better, I think, for writing uh, a spec than reading the Bible. Like the reading Bible is great, always, but um, a script will tell you the formatting, have the jokes per page, the mm-hmm. lengths and stuff. When people are looking at your script to compare it against the real show. Yeah, yeah. Read read as many specs as you can before you tackle a sh- you know a show. Um, but uh, Bibles actually are a weird thing because uh, once you get into production, you don't normally use them. Like yeah, they're the sort of. Are- yeah, by that point, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're more used for development, and just, you know, sometimes they'll sh- send you a Bible because you're going to write on the show and they want you to read all the character descriptions and stuff. So they're not really closely guarded secrets. Like, you know, they're they're probably the easy, you know, I would I would send people old show Bibles. I'd have no problem with that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd have a problem finding those. Yeah, they just become, they just become irrelevant yeah. really quickly because mm-hmm. as you're writing the show, the characters are going to change because the Bible's written before, or at least in tandem with maybe the original pilot script or two or three scripts, whereas the series after the first season is written, the characters often don't look exact or don't sound or act exactly like they are in the Bible. So the Bible's not going to do you. A Bible's used to sell the show usually, and it's written like two years before you or a year before you actually go, and then things change, and you know usually people don't go back and re up re update the Bible because it costs money and. Companies yeah. are too Good cheap effort. to do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, qu- another question? Anybody uh, who wants to choose? We'll go back there, then we'll, we'll go across. Oh, I don't. I don't think we can do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Kneel before Zod. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, th- uh, I said that because um, 
I, uh, I had a sort of a tricky path. I started a production company, and I was pitching to everyone who would listen. And um, this is something that might happen. Like, this is kind of a shitty story. So I had... Um, <laughs> Language. <laughs> Language. <laughs> I had a... Uh, yeah, right. I, I, had a uh, I had a premise uh, used, and they didn't tell me. And it kind of sucked. And then I stopped trying. And so stopping trying, like, sometimes bad things will happen. Never stop trying. Oh, my God, never stop trying. I feel like I wasted years uh, working there, be- knowing what I wanted to do, but I just didn't want to try again. And then a producer found out, not necessarily the whole story, but knew that I wanted to write. And she was like, nope, you're going to write now. And called up my story editor and was like, you're giving her... A, uh, a webisode and I was like no no like she did this in front of me and I'm like no 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 you can't do that oh my god and uh, because I just like I hadn't thought about it in so long and it like it hurt to like try again but then I did and it was amazing and I'm so happy and I was miserable before so ready sort of a you owe that woman I, yeah. oh my yeah. god yeah. do yeah. I like yeah. my oh, life it's yeah. funny because there's the, you know the, there's so many we get so jaded uh, in writing that and, and the stuff that sort of leaps out the memories that leap out are just the, the just the dicks that are in the industry <laughs> right but the truth so is many. I, I know as many there's been as many mm-hmm. good moments yeah. like that too where yeah. there's just as many good people oh, yeah. Yeah, like us yeah. we're amazing <laughs> <laughs> we are oh my we're God. not yeah. we're not gonna read your specs <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I my answer to that would be this is such a weird business and it always hits me like there's so much asked of us, and I don't think that people on the outside realize like the the, the diversity of talents you, you have to have in this business in the sense that you have to be really okay. You know you're a writer when you want to spend eight hours a day by yourself with a computer and like not see people. You know, and if that makes you happy, then you know you're a writer. Because some people want to write and they just they don't they don't ever do it. They don't ever sit down. So on one hand you have to be someone who's kind of a loner personality and loves to sit in a room for eight hours a day and not see people. Um, and then you also, you know, if you're on set, you have to be someone who like thrives with a hundred people yelling requests at you and you, you know your phone never stops ringing and your email never stops and it's 24 7 for eight months of your life and you know you have to be comfortable being around people all that time and then oftentimes writers are kind of introspective and quiet and you know we like to be on our own and then people will say well you have to go out there and sell yourself because the biggest fallacy is that agents do that for you you know and you got to go out there and network and you got to sell yourself and sell your show ideas so you have to be a salesperson so it's like if you're not good if you're not a if you're an introvert in animation writers, you rarely have to deal with people, except when you go to a room. But if you're in the I room, if you're more common, it's more welcome to the jungle. Like you got to, yeah. if you're the alpha male, if you're not alpha male, you better damn well have a good write that script perfectly. Like if you if you're quiet in the room, you give better be bang. Yeah, like it's a little more pressure on you, but that's the way it is, right? But I'll so. tell you this: this is slightly off topic, but on topic still. Uh, I had a, a teacher in Humber. Her name is Linda Cash. And uh, she's the she was in all the Christopher Guest movies, um, and uh, she was the Philadelphia cream cheese lady, <laughs> the angel. Whoa! Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, name dropping. She, there. I know. Totally. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Philadelphia cream cheese angel. <laughs> we hang. Um, but she, if you look at her at her CV, she works constantly absolutely year round she's been in uh major blockbuster movies she's been on every uh american sitcom in existence she 
continually works. And she says one of the reasons that that's she says she 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 says she knows she's not she's not Meryl Streep, but she knows exactly where she fits in her level of uh, skill. And but the reason she keeps getting hired back is because she is a pleasure to work with. She's professional. Um, her interpersonal skills are are perfectly fine. She hangs out and and she's friendly and she never causes a problem to anyone. And to be honest, that really applies to writing as well. Uh, for myself, I hire writers all the time, and I actually I, I hesitate to say this, but I often look for new writers. <laughs> Um, and um, that's a big thing for me that's a big thing for me is you got to be decent enough to work with uh, persistent but not a pain in the ass Um, what's your number Doug I don't shout out your phone number I'll say this about these guys like I know in the Bell Diversity thing both Kyle and and Doug was a mentor in Kyle they both do like really great work with like young writers who need help and you know, we all, if you, you know, we all been there, so. Yeah. We're, we're not going to read your specs still. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I mean, my, my best advice for that is, you know, um, like you said, educate yourself on IMDb. Like, everything's out there now, right? I mean, you can find out everybody who worked on a show. And, you know, find their emails. Like, you, uh, there's nothing wrong with asking for a 15-minute coffee, right? That's my, you know, can you sit down with me for 15 minutes? Or, or can I call you on the phone? Um, but just be respectful, you know. Uh, the only thing that ever takes me off with new writers is like if they if I say hey you know come to my neck of the woods and I'll meet you for a coffee just make make it easy on that person you know go to them uh, don't change the time don't cancel you know all those little things don't take up too much of the, all those things all those kind of just really polite things will go a huge long way especially yeah. in Canada I mean most I'd say like 90% of the industry is just really nice people there's always the 10% of jerks that won't return your email but I think most people <laughs> <laughs> What were you doing? Uh. <laughs> Most people would be really amenable as long as you're amenable. Yeah. So we have a. Is there another question somewhere in the biosphere over there? Oh, you're. you're well, we'll come back to you for the second. How about that? It better be good, though. Are you going to send a spec of, like, say you want to write an Orphan Black script and you send an Orphan Black script to Orphan Black, they won't read it, right? Like, that's legally, they, we, they can't yeah. read it. Yeah, I don't think we really can. It's hard to get a script to people without an agent, to be honest. It's, it's a little hard because legally there's a lot of little... In yeah. animation, you can often pitch. I mean, that's how I broke in, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, meet 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 and greets, go to industry functions, meet people who are actually running shows and writing shows. Sure. Such, you know, Doug was just saying he's doing one now. Um, that you you know, and then ask. Sometimes I'll let you pitch, and then work really, really, really hard on those pitches. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I broke in. Like I, the story I told about writing like fifty pitches for this show, and uh, I got three out of that. And then the second job was even harder to get than the first because everyone thinks you're a one-hit wonder. And then uh, once you get the you know the third show and the fourth, it starts to snowball, and then you get an agent. So it's really pitching pitching through animation. Sometimes they'll let you do that. Like yeah, it's it's a viable. And, and I think that it's kind of like who you know. You kind of I mean I I ran I I don't often take out of the blue somebody just managed to somehow get a hold of my email. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't often do 
just out of the blue stuff. But if somebody I know says, oh, yeah, read this guy, I'll read that guy, even if they don't have any credits, you know. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a very mercurial thing about how you get into this industry. But, again, persistence, right, uh, without, being annoy- without being annoying. But if, the, if those people came to you, say, like out of a um, CFC program, Canadian Film Center, or like NSI sure. has totally television, or mm-hmm. say they won Praxis, uh, yeah. comp, you know, screenwriting competitions are really good, then you might be more willing to... Yeah, yeah I need yeah. to sort of... There needs to be some sort of indication that they, these guys actually want to be writers and not just having written a script. You know, there's a difference between somebody who writes a script and then a writer. A writer is somebody that writes just kind of continually writes you just have to be in the right place at the right time and be prepared because you never know like you're gonna be like oh you have a spec i could read i'm like oh yeah i'll go home and write that tonight to quote to quote (laughs) oprah (laughs) luck is uh opportunity meets preparation and so uh, was i lucky that i got on gerald mcboing boing Sure, but uh, I put myself out there in any avenue I could think of, cold calling, uh, anything. And then I also had uh, a wealth of spec scripts that I could draw upon when that opportunity arose because it came from out of nowhere, um, from an absolutely unlikely, uh, from my voice agent said that she knew an American guy that was, look, this is uh, Dara Blaney, was looking for... Canadian writers have you got something and he needs some, something like tomorrow so I had something so I pulled it and sent it Dan are we are we out of time are we are we good or some guy popped in I just didn't know could have been the Swiss chalet I ordered it's a little it's a little late okay we'll do a quick question anybody have a quick you got right there Amy no, the online script for source source scripts. Uh, script strictly. Oh, simply scripts. Uh, simply scripts is a um, maybe grade level legal um, uh, resource of scripts. Tons of uh, movie scripts and yeah. um, there's a few TV places scripts. you can look them up. Like JoeBlow.com has got them as well. If you Google um, like Drew's, it used to be. I don't know if it still is Scriptorama. Oh yeah, Drew Scriptorama. Yeah, there's a bunch. Just Google scripts, TV yeah, scripts. I'm sure you. Yeah, Google like name of the show you want to look for a script for, and ask ask scripts. Jeeves. He'll find well, it. For find too, if you put in uh, PDF after the script, it's sometimes it's easier on Google. Just like whatever yeah. the script is PDF, and you'll, it'll pop up. Corner corner pocket. Yeah. Woo! Hey, cuz. <laughs> hey, cuz. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Feeling the love. Someday you could be this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> was was I awesome? Very memorable. I think he came to my class. You um, to, always, sorry, I was going to say, it's just like always good to have the idea in the back of your head, but always good to say, I'm open to working with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, 
like I think that it's great to be prepared. Like we went and pitched this one show idea around a one hour. Of course, never saw the light of day. Everyone loved it, but it just whatever those bastards. Um, and uh, but what they did enjoy is that we really thought about the season arc. Uh, and actually, we thought like two or two seasons in, and we had episode ideas for every step along the way. But what was nice is also that we were not precious mm-hmm. about it, right? So they said, oh, you know what would be interesting? How about if we did this? And we're like, you know, we're not going to be just... If we didn't like the idea, we'd, we'd probably still sort of uh, bump on it. But but the the idea was great. And so that wiped out both of our seasons of story ideas. But so what? Because, you know, if they said yes, we would then have a show. But so. nine times out of ten, if you're a young writer with no experience and they like your show, you're going to get suit put with a bigger with a with a writer with more experience who's going to take over the show, and you'll become like a producer on it who can give it give ideas. But they're going to hire someone to develop that usually because they don't trust someone with no experience. Like nine times out of ten, right? You would yeah, think absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Learn from the person yeah, you're working with. That's a, that's a great point. Um, that's probably going to happen. I see a lot of Ryerson kids who get their idea purchased and then, uh, you know, it comes to people such as ourselves and to develop and sometimes you take it on, sometimes you don't because sometimes it's easier just to do your own thing um, because you don't have, you know, then you have to worry about dealing with someone else who wants co-created by um but uh, i think uh, just being open to that you know realizing that hey if you are one of the like less than one percent of people who get their show purchased without any existing credits you know right out of ryerson or humber or what have you um like be open to learning you know you might not get to write that first season right you might be uh, you know the story coordinator uh you might be the sec you know this is virtually basically a secretary on of the writing room um you might get a script you might not like be open to that you know just be open to learning because yeah, be a sponge literally like yeah. you're less than one percent already like you're already doing so well so just you know like you said don't be precious about it i mean even though it's even though it really sucks if they buy your idea and you can't write on the show for a season if you're that person who's like i just want to learn i just want to be in the room can i do something chances are you'll be able to write second season and third season and fourth season and um yeah it's just Everything's a learning experience. Every situation, every meeting, every spec you write, you learn something. So just look at it that way. It's like you're going to school because there's no real school to prepare you for I don't want to learn writing, anymore. being on a panel. Yeah. <laughs> there's no panel school. I would totally go to panel school. Panel school would be awesome. I think we've got to wrap this up. Someone's got a picture with Jason Momoa in 15 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for showing up and listening, and thanks to the writers. Uh, Kyle Muir, Doug Hatters, Amy Benham, Nicole Demers, and myself, and Deanna over there, and the WGC, the Writers Guild of Canada, for putting this together. Thanks so much to writers Amy Benham, Nicole Demers, Doug Hatters, and Kyle Muir. And a special thanks to fellow Kids TV writer Ben Joseph, who was our moderator. If you enjoyed the podcast, please sign into iTunes and leave a review. That helps us increase the profile of WGC podcasts. You can also email us at writerstalkingtv at gmail.com. That's writerstalkingtv, one word, at gmail.com. This podcast is presented by the Writers Guild of Canada. Our technical producer is Philip Vukovic. I'm Lee Robbins, the Director of Communications for the Writers Guild of Canada. Thanks for listening.